This is Story Quest. Today's story is David and the Ammonite. Get that hatch open, son, came a loud cry from down a tunnel in a dark mine. There was coal dust everywhere, and David could barely see to open it, but open the hatch he did. A huge noise echoed around the mine as another trolley of coal made its way down the tracks. David was just six years old, but he worked down a mine. Many years ago, lots of kids like David did exactly that. He and his brothers had to work, just like the grown-ups and where he lived that work was mining. His father worked at the coalface, using sharp tools to chip away the coal that was used to heat the hearths in all the houses. His brothers pushed trolleys, and his sisters and mother sorted and moved the coal pieces as it emerged from the shaft. The only member of the family to stay at home was his sister Rachel, who tended to baby Victoria. Baby Victoria was not well and couldn't walk. They thought that she never would. Richer children might get the medicines and the surgeons to make such children better, but David's family were poor. It made David sad because it made his mother sad. He wished that he could stay to help, but his help was needed at the mine. It's important work, son, his father said. David was a little pleased when it was time for him to join the men, although it meant that he couldn't go to school anymore. The school fed the shrieking steam trains which raced through the low fields and kept the factories alive. He too would get paid, a few pennies to help to feed them all. David reasoned to himself that he preferred food to school, so it was to be done. There were so many things that had to be done sometimes, but that was life, and he was happy to be living. He wasn't old enough to use the picks at the coalface, so he opened the hatches for the trolleys that the men pushed. He would travel down the mine shaft in the morning, in wintry times before the sun had even risen, and down in the dark he would stay waiting to hear the thunder of the trolleys, and quick as a flash would have to throw the hatches back and stand away, for those that were too slow came too slow. He was always too slow, it seemed. Sitting in the dark all day was not very nice for David. You might think it might be nice to have a quiet place, maybe to read a nice book, but David wasn't allowed a candle, so couldn't read, even if he'd had the schooling. Sometimes he got scared when the black of the night seemed to press down on his chest and strange noises would startle him. In time, he became accustomed to his days. Because human beings are strange in that way, things which seem difficult and unpleasant at the start soon begin to lose their shimmer and spike as the days turn into weeks, the weeks into months, and then the years pass. He remembered how he used to grumble at the crying of his little sister, Victoria. She would wail and wail for hours, keeping him awake, and even if he shoved his fingers tightly into his ears, the noise pressed in and made him feel like he had frogs jumping in his chest. But then, after a while, he found the noise became normal in the dead of night, whilst mother tended to her baby, and father ceased his grumbles too, and they all slept whether she cried or not. No cries down here. You see, reasoned David to himself, because there wasn't anyone else around. At least I can't hear Victoria crying. He hoped she wasn't crying and was having a nice day. So David was becoming used to the dark and sitting all alone. His fingers traced the walls of the tunnel and he would carve little patterns in that he would feel with his fingers. One day, although it's impossible for it to feel like daytime to David, of course, seated in the dark such as he was, but one day he felt something odd on the surface of the wall. A strange rock curled up like a snail but with ridges. It had crags of mud around, and so he carefully scraped these away, 
Sliding it in his pocket, he looked forward to taking a proper look when the day, such as it was, had ended. The bells rang and the men returned to the surface, blinking and sweating, coated in the dust so they looked like shadows. David uncurled his hand and peered at his stone in the light of the lamps. So snail-like but strange, the jostling men knocked it out of his hand. John Evans, one of the lads on the trolley, took it down. What have you got there, son? David shrugged and proffered it to John. That's a fossil, David. Could be rare, see? A creature that lived many thousands of years ago, that is. Did you know? He shook his head. My dad told me there were fossils along the tunnels. No time to look for them now, though, is there? Except for you, that lad. You've got all the time in the world. Don't you be doing anything that takes your mind off them gates, his father shouted. David didn't expect his father cared much about ancient rock that used to be an animal. David had to share a bed with his brothers, and there wasn't much space, but he placed the fossil under his bed, and as the days turned into weeks and then months, he traced the walls with his hands once more, passing each dry minute with the scraping of rocks with the smaller shards and finding more and more. Sharp teeth, like rocks, fragments of bones. He soon had a collection and would be absorbed in his work and the day, such as it was, would pass more quickly. So absorbed was he that something bad happened. He was picking at the last few lumps of mud around a particularly interesting spike of rock when the rumbling appeared loud, too loud. Leaping to the open door, he had no time to jump back, and David collided with the trolley. With a scream, he was flung to the floor. The men brought him out. He was injured badly. He fell into a fitful slip, aching as the mine shaft swayed in the light of the candles and lamps. He woke in bed. A doctor loomed over him. His leg had been bandaged and felt quite sore. He felt bad because doctors cost money and he knew that this was all his own fault. His mother was there and smiled with relief to see him wake. So perhaps she wasn't cross after all. Some rest and I'll be right as rain. Change the bandage in a week, there we go. The doctor said briskly, then leaning down to pick up his bag, he saw the fossils. Here, lad, where'd you get those? Down in mine. Yourself? Yes, sir. Am I in trouble? The doctor laughed and shook his head. He took the fossils one by one and brought them closely to his eye, looking carefully at the detail. This is ammonite. I reckon you might have found a small mine of your own, lad. A gold mine. David didn't understand. The doctor called Mother over. He said he wanted to take the fossils into the big city. He thought perhaps some of his scientific friends might be able to assay them. That means to say if they were valuable. His mother shrugged and didn't care either way, and David was too groggy to mind. He would be down in the tunnel soon enough, he expected, and there were so many fossils it would take a lifetime to recover them all. As stories tend to have happy endings, it shouldn't be a surprise to you to hear that after a few weeks when David was able to stand up and walk a little, a letter was brought to their cottage. The fossils were indeed quite rare, and a scientist called Dr. Thompson would pay for them if young David was prepared to sell. Mother read the letter carefully. She was the only one who could cipher such things. She gasped and then laughed at the amount that had been offered. It was not just pennies. It was not just pounds. 100 pounds. This is a lot of money in our times, and for those families, it was a fortune. When the men came back from the pit, the news travelled like wildfire, and the celebrations began because Victoria would be cured and would be able to walk and jump and dance, and none of them would have to return to the pit to work ever again. Some things change in an instant. Other times they take longer. The family did move into a town and the money meant that David could study. 
He would go on to become a very famous paleontologist and would travel to Egypt and Africa and discover all manner of ancient fossils. And his name was David Attenborough. Not really. Got an idea for a story? Tell us the title at funkidslive.com forward slash story quest and we could bring your story to life. For a new story each week, make sure you hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss a single episode.